Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization Called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ballplayers the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all these sales go to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. The number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S dot com. 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast brought to you by 9plusus. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast, Baseball Family. I am Brad, and as usual, I am joined by Brig. What is shaking, Baseball Family? It's shaking. It's shaking and baking. <laughs> but we're here this week, and we've got some current events for you, and we've got kind of an interesting topic to cover later. I'm just going to tease it with that right now. We'll get into it in a bit. But first, <laughs> let's talk some current events. As the huge. As per huge. Per the, however you freaking say that. <laughs> so listen. Listen. Anyway, so Brig, we've seen this trend uh, lately, I guess. We've seen two of them so far this off season, where prospects are getting big contract extensions. This last week, the Chicago White Sox has sent, extended their prospect, uh, Luis Robert, $50 million over six years. $50 million over six years. Now, I say that he's the second one. The other one, I know this because I'm plugged into it, was Evan White with the Mariners. I can't remember the details of the contract right now, but it was very similar. White has never even played a single inning in AAA. Okay? Yeah. Now, not just in the bigs, but in AAA. Yeah, yeah. It's not that he's Dang, ever been man. to the show. It's that he's never even been to AAA. Wow. So, Brig, I am curious what you think about this. Is this a good idea for the White Sox and the Mariners to do? Uh, should, are they getting a little uh, little ahead of themselves? Should they be doing this? What do you think? Look, under normal circumstances, this would be bonkers. But we got to face the facts. We're not dealing with normal circumstances here. The collective bargaining agreement is going to be renegotiated in – a year, right? They're right. going to start it in less than a year. I think that both teams, agents, and players are seeing the writing on the wall. Like we've talked about a million times about maybe a royalty cap or, or a, a revenue sharing program, a salary cap program. Who knows what it might be? And so they're, everybody's getting it while the getting's good, if they can, mm-hmm. if they can shake yeah. it. That's what I think is happening. So you think the players are getting it while the getting's good or the teams are getting it while the, while the getting's good? Well, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I yeah. think it's both. And, and, and if a team can go and get a win-win situation like they are right in these both of these cases, it it, it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it totally does. Um, like, I remember when, when Evan White got his deal, 
there was a bunch of people who were like, why are they doing this? It's like, uh, because they're getting him on the cheap right now. Yeah. Just just think about that. The Evan White is one of the top first basemen in the minor leagues right now as far as he's a gold glover defensively, and he's got an amazing bat. So if they're like, well, if we can lock him down, I want to say that it was something like – it was close to this. It was six years, and I want to say it was like 45, 50, yeah. maybe even 60 million. I can't remember for sure. But if you're paying that for this guy now – and then you've got him for six years. Wow. I think Evan White's going to be 29 when that contract is up. Dang. That's like flipping in a script, man. Yeah, that's a really good deal for them. And it's a good deal for, for him now because yeah. he's maximizing his money now. Yeah, totally. So he, he's going to be on the 40-man roster come day one of the season next year. Yeah. And then, you know, so he's going to be making good money there, and then it'll he'll get all the other incentives and everything else will kick in once he gets to the bigs, which – you know, puts for both of these guys, I feel like they have the confidence of the club in them now. Like, okay, like they're truly investing in me. Right. Right. Which means you can just you just kind of let off the panic button a little bit. Just just put that back in its case, you know? Yeah. Because the yeah, minor league system is nothing but panic. Yes. It's true. <laughs> That's a perfect way to describe it. That they're not they're not going to the the park every day saying, "Oh, I could be traded for somebody because I'm a prospect in an hour." Yeah. Right. <laughs> I could be pulled out of this game, game in the 5th inning because I've been traded. Yeah, seriously, that I'm sure there's some of that. Like they probably have to put that out of their minds and that's part of the coaching, mm-hmm. right? That's part of the yeah. player development stuff, but I'm sure that's that that those conversations are taking place. Oh, they have to be. They have to be. You yeah, know, so totally. So I, I think it's good for these clubs. I think it's good for the players. I, like you said, I think that both are benefiting for this. It sounds weird. It it sound like it yeah. does sound weird. If you're putting all this money in a guy who hasn't played any significant or any time at all at the top level, right? <laughs> you know. So okay. So so I got to ask you, as a fan, how do you feel about it though? Like we can sit here and argue the numbers, and we can analyze the business decision. But what does that do for you as a fan? I mean, as a Mariners fan, I'm always looking. I'm always looking to the future, right? Right. I mean, that's, I, a, I've been, that's a great point. I've been talking about that for months now. That this isn't the team. This isn't the team. It's going to come. And seeing how much confidence this team has in this player, and like I said, I I look so much to the future that I pay really close attention to the Mariners farm system. Yeah. So I know how good he is. I know what they're paying for in Evan White and um for me it was like oh sweet that's that's a bargain for the Mariners yeah. right and i'm sure that it's the same thing for the White Sox what do you think about it culturally culturally as far as giving those guys a bunch of money well not just the money but the time right the 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 ability to lock them in early like this early oh yeah does that matter does that factor in there for you at all not really. Like f- for me, it's it's this. It, I, I I see it as more of like setting your anchor. Mm-hmm. Right, like that. That's really the big thing for me. Is like this is our guy right here. Now everything yeah. else is going to go around him. You know, I talk yeah. a lot about Kyle Lewis because he was he's like that guy. You know, he came up this year for September and he had a great month and well, great first half of the month and he kind of figured it out at the end. But anyways. 
No, like he's he's like the guy who was coming up. He's he's gonna be the anchor. Now you have another piece, and you know we talked about last week how the White Sox they seem like they're going for it. Yeah, they do. And by doing this, it feels like they're not just making a one year run. They've got a guy who's gonna anchor the future. Yeah, and that the White Sox are gonna, gonna try to contend. What about you? What do you think about it? Well, I, I love it actually. So when I remember when. Bryce Harper, I remember as though it was so long ago. Um, <laughs> Many moons ago. We, yeah, right. Back when I was watching. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> when Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, and Mike Trout all got their insane contracts. Oh, yeah, just last year. Part, Yeah, part, part of the conversation was, hey, now, we finally are going to get some franchise guys, right? These right. are guys that are going to stick around, and we're going to have tenured veterans not just veterans but guys who have invested in the club they're investing in the club's future they're recruiting on behalf of the club they're it's it's changing the entire culture um it's you know fans are gonna have their guy their Mm -hmm. hero and you know they're gonna be around and and performing and for years now like like the people in Philadelphia, Philadelphia fans are going to be talking about Bryce Harper to their kids right now, mm-hmm. knowing that as soon as their kids are playing baseball and beyond, they're still going to be talking about Bryce Harper. Yeah. So I yeah. think that as as it relates to the fan, I think this is a really cool move, you know. And I like to see that mm-hmm. they're flipping it into an earlier generation. It's it's like future proofing is what it feels like. Um, and I think I know that's what the teams are hoping for. But as far as the fans are concerned, I think we're all just excited to have the, you know, the career guy who's our guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything's gotten to be so mobile lately that it's like it's hard for you to get that guy. Yeah. You know that you get. Yeah. You get the big the big contracts like what, we're, what you're talking about with Bryce Harper, Manny Machado and uh, Mike Trout. But then there's every everybody else pretty much in the league who's going year to year. Yeah, because they're trying to get to, they're trying to get somebody to be like, oh yeah, we'll give you, a, we'll give you a long term deal for big bucks, but really it's, it's financially smart, to go year to year with some of these guys because you don't know what you're gonna get. Right. No. It, and that's where business meets, you know, fantasy. You know. Yeah. Exactly. But speaking of business, um, there's some trades that there's uh, kind of some rumors swirling around, I guess. The Dodgers are trying to make a big splash this offseason. Um, they feel like they felt like the last couple of years they've been about maybe I wouldn't even say a player, it's like a hit short. Does that does that feel right? Mm. Just a hit short of getting over the hump. Yeah. And <laughs> and you know, whether it's defensively, whether it's giving up a hit or getting a hit, um, they're trying to make yeah. moves for they're trying to make a move for either Mookie Betts or Francisco Lindor. Um, yeah. those are <laughs> big deals. Those are big guys. Oh, jeez. Yeah, um, you know, we've talked about bets. How we both love Mookie Betts. Love him. And and I, I think you Lindor. said you. Yeah, Lindor. I love Lindor too. He's another guy. I mean, who doesn't? You know, they yeah. call him Mister Smile for a reason. Yeah, right. How can you not? But which which of those guys do you think would fit better with the Dodgers? Well, I think they either of them can fit. I- anywhere, first of all, I think they they can play anywhere. They can handle the pressure of anywhere. 
Um, they can mesh with anybody. I don't see them being a clubhouse disruption at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to see is where their ta- intangibles are going to help. You're talking about their at-bats, right, their defense right. and their offense, which I th- is totally valid. And that's why I think that Lindor is the better option in Los Angeles. Um, so, anyway, Lindor, I think, is better in Los Angeles because I think Mookie Betts' leadership could serve another team better. Oh, they've all been there. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Gonna, they've all been there. And we, we talked about last week how Mookie Betts would probably take help take the uh, the Blue Jays to the next level and totally. really contend in the AL East because they've got the talent. They just have no experience. Yep. Zero experience up there. But I would like to see either one of those guys there, to be honest. I think it would be really, really cool to see just one more guy go to L.A. and see if they can get it over the top. Because Yeah, but... Okay, go ahead. I think I think that the Dodgers felt the effect of not having Manny Machado in that lineup because, you know, I I know that a lot of people are not a big fan of his personality and his attitude, but he he was really the only guy who hit in that second World Series against the or even the playoffs against the Red Sox. Everybody else was ice right. cold, and Machado was the guy who was getting getting the hits that he needed to get. You're not wrong. But one thing one thing that's interesting about these trades is there's a couple of snags. Cleveland wants Gavin Lux for yeah. Lindor. And Gavin Lux, uh, if anybody who's not familiar with him, he was called up this last year, and he is a wizard with a bat. He is a fantastic hitter, amazing. However, he's a second baseman, and one of the things they were talking about when he first came up was he's got a little bit of the yips on defense. They thought that maybe he was just getting over him when he got up there, but mm. that's something they can come back. So I'd can I'd consider that a, a pretty big red flag for a guy like Lux, but if he got traded to the Indians, yeah. he could be a DH because he's that true. good of a hitter. So. Well, and the Indians the Indians don't need a second baseman. They just signed Cesar Hernandez mm-hmm. from yeah, and they could They could theoretically move one of those guys to shortstop if Lindor's right. gone. It would probably be Hernandez who they moved to shortstop. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, but the other thing that I saw with this trade is um, – if if the Dodgers go for Mookie Betts, the Red Sox are probably going to want to send David Price and also have the Dodgers pay a whole bunch of salary out of that yeah. to help out. So totally. So that'll be it'll be interesting. I, I think those are a couple of trades to keep track of. Not only because I mean I've talked before about how I'm interested in the Dodgers. I'm not necessarily a fan, but they're a team that intrigues me, so I watch them and follow them. Um, yeah. But those two trades for sure, those two two guys, keep keep an eye on them because they could be franchise changers this up uh, this next year and years to come. They could really turn something around. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there is some talk about Mookie Betts going to the Mets. By the way, bets to the Mets, bets to the Mets. That was uh, a few hours ago, by the way. So, oh, that's new, nice, that's brand new hot stove info. Sweet. That'd but be, we'll see. That'd be interesting. Oh my gosh. Okay, but okay, but listen, that reinforces my point about Mets or Mets. Oh, now you got me going about Mookie <laughs> Betts being the linchpin, turning the corner for a team. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they need in in you know. I don't want to say New York. Maybe in that's Queens, what the Mets in need. Queens, yeah. In well, Queens, yeah. 
I think teams are realizing what you're saying with with bets is that you're getting a whole lot more than just OPS, home runs, yeah, fielding percentage, and solid defense. Yeah, yeah, like you're getting a stand-up guy who's going to help anchor your clubhouse, which is under an un, un, underrated, I guess what, which is an underrated, is underrated trait, right? Yep, yep. Those intangibles are yeah. a big deal, bro. It's true. It's true. Especially the long season, like in baseball. So I just yeah, saw you put uh, this up on the on the sheet. The Cuban defector seeking MLB contract. Yeah, as we were talking. Okay, I fa- I read this headline and I thought, oh, what's that? <laughs> okay, so one of Cuba's. I'm reading this off of Bleacher Report. So thanks, guys. Um, one of Cuba's <laughs> most hyped baseball players has defected. And is expected to sign a Major League Baseball contract sometime in the coming months. Now, I was like, what the freak is that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this kid is 21 years old. Cuba sent him. They, they These guys use the word dispatched. He was sent to Japan. Oh, wow. To play. Yeah, to, pl- to develop and to play. And he's a two-way guy. The kid's name is Oscar Colas. And... Uh, where he okay, here's here are his numbers. Okay, this was in Japan just the last season. Three hundred two, three fifty, five sixteen, and he throws a fastball at ninety five miles an hour, mm-hmm. and he throws left handed. Oh, there it is. Wow, oh. <laughs> there it is. That's the one. Because as, as I was sitting there listening to all that, I was like, okay, he's no Otani, but. You get that left-handed but, pitcher in there. He doesn't have to throw gas. Nope, he doesn't. And if yeah. he can slash 302, 355, 16, it's like, well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll it's pretty it. great. So, anyway, he has defected. He's on his way to the major leagues. We'll see what happens. Another one of those two-way guys. I think that's the future of baseball. I do, too. And I, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun to watch. Thank goodness cool man that'll be exciting yeah some great players come out of cuba i mean we all know oh yeah you know, we all know the guys have come out of cuba so he'll i'm sure he'll adapt well when he gets here because those, oh, those yeah. a he'll, lot of those guys seem to we'll have a lot of uh great mentorship and and you know they always reach out to each other yeah it's true seems like like a world is chapman rafael uh, palermo is a good one. Jose Abreu is a good one, mm-hmm. which is off the top of my head. Even Jose Canseco was from Cuba, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he was. and Cespedes, Jonas Cespedes is from Cuba. Speaking of Cespedes, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were talking about him earlier because I had that headline come across <laughs> my phone. Um, this is too good to sh- too good to not share. So I was sitting there earlier. I had this headline come across my phone from the app that I use is called The Score. And um, it said, it says, Cespedes Ranch sounds wild. Mets outfielder reportedly fractured ankle in 2009 after running with wild boar. Yeah, I got to click that. <laughs> so for anyone who's not familiar with this, with the story, uh, Yohannes Cespedes had this whole thing where he didn't play a single game in 2019 because of this broken ankle. And there was some cloudiness, I guess you could say, surrounding <laughs> what actually vague. happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it finally came out about a month ago. He stepped in a hole on his ranch, and then he and the 
the Mets restructured his contract because there was like some breach or something. I don't know. Anyway, and then it came out today that there was a wild boar got out of a trap, and I'm assuming he jumped out of the way and then landed in a hole and uh, <laughs> and broke his ankle. <laughs> so. Yep. Oh, wild and crazy. Up. Just thought of wild and crazy. Yeah, they're very wild. <laughs> but I know we're going a little long with this first segment, but this is one of those things that's always funny. Anytime you hear of a wacky injury from a baseball player, mm-hmm. don't believe what they tell you the first time. Oh, yeah. Those guys don't slip in their shower or fall on their stairs nearly as much as they want you to think they do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So anytime you hear somebody twist their ankle because they tripped on the stairs or slipped in the shower. Um, go ahead and second guess that because that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we get back, we have a couple of more small items we're going to talk about. The designated hitter. The infield fly. A ground rule double. The dropped third strike. To some, these seem like strange things. To you, these are just baseball things. Shop the Baseball Things collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. Like Brad said before we took a break, we have a couple other things we want to talk about. One, I think is a pretty big issue, and two we've all considered okay so number one <laughs> seriously okay but <laughs> and that's what they call a teaser number one <laughs> domingo herman new york yankees starting pitcher he has been suspended for 81 games okay which he's already served 18 game suspension or something like that in the 2019 season he will serve out the remainder of his suspension 63 games in the 2020 regular season so this is all because of uh major league baseball has a joint domestic violence sexual assault and child abuse policy which he violated apparently brad tell me this is clearly the harshest we've seen major league baseball reach out and touch somebody with is this appropriate? Uh, yeah, it is appropriate, especially if you have evidence to prove that it happened. Um, it needs to be one of those things that has a zero tolerance policy. I mean, you you can't be having domestic abuse. You can't be having uh, like for a while there. I remember there was a big DUI issue, and that seems to have improved. And I know that. You know, DUIs are just one of those things that sometimes, I don't know, I don't drink, so I don't know how, why, or when that happens. I mean, I guess how, but I don't understand how somebody gets to that point. <laughs> but, but Well, let me explain it to you, Brad. Here's what happens. <laughs> oh, okay. That's how that goes. Oh. <laughs> but no, like, I don't understand. If you know better how it gets to that point, that's because that's just that's just me. I'm not. I mean, I'm not knocking anybody, but at the same time, it was a major issue in Major League Baseball, right? And oh yeah, totally. That seems to have cleaned up. Um, I'm I'm not putting this on the same level as steroids, but steroids was a big issue, and it doesn't seem to be quite as rampant. But 
whatever it takes for Major League Baseball to, to, to get these guys to figure out that, hey, I shouldn't be hitting my wife, girlfriend, or kids. Or know, husbands. Or husbands. I was just, just going to say husbands, boyfriends, whatever, significant other or kids. That it, it's not okay. You know, like hit them with an 81-game suspension. I don't care. Poor choice of words they're phrasing. But <laughs> <laughs> let me start that over. you got to leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're going to hit him back. <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> but but seriously, though, like an 81-game suspension is, is significant, and it is the least they can do. That's half a season. Like, yeah, do it. <laughs> Send yeah. the message. I mean, what do you think about it? I 100% agree with you. I think that it will improve the player's perception of their own behavior. It will improve the team's perception of their own behavior. Players will start looking out for each other differently, just like we did when you were talking about with the DUIs. I think the same thing happened. Right, we kind of got a community village sort of involvement on. Listen, you are not going to screw this up, and yep. I think we should have the same idea, same attitude uh, in this. And the thing, the thing that kills me about this is whether you like it or not, somebody looks up to you as a major league baseball player. Yeah, it's true. Like right? it's like Charles Barkley said in that. I think it was a Gatorade commercial. He said, "I'm not a role model. Whether you like it or not, you are a role model." Like you said, totally. Yeah, somebody's looking up to you, somebody somewhere. Yes. And so, come on, man. Like you don't have to like it, but you got to live up to it. Yep. That's how I feel, and I know that's idealistic. I know that's pie in the sky, but at the same time, you you broke a law, dude. This is, we're not asking you. Okay, <laughs> we're not asking you to help carry groceries for old ladies or something you know it's not like that kind of role model right yeah it's like don't beat your kids and your significant other or whatever happened i don't even know what happened i just know know. it's domestic abuse but i mean come on right it's just the the there are laws around these kind of things and major league baseball i think swung the hammer just hard enough Mm -hmm. yep i'm upset and here's the thing too is I know in in other countries, places where these guys are coming from, there may or may not be laws. Sure, totally. You know, and if there are laws, they may or may not be enforced. However, yeah. this also needs to be on those on the major league franchises to say, "Hey, this is in your contract. You cannot do this." I understand that might be something that's normal in your country, whether it's, like I said, whether it's domestic abuse or even driving intoxicated. Yeah, totally. Um, those are things we don't do here, and you cannot be doing them. So that's that's. Right, I feel like it's you. just as much on the franchises as it is the players. I agree. Not only to make their position known, but to levy their own consequences. Um, let me ask you this: If when are we going to see Major League Baseball say, "Well, freak, dude, you violated the contract," right? Like. Can the Yankees, you know, had they had the foresight, maybe they did, I don't know. But don't you think, let's speak hypothetically, that the Yankees would have said, look, man, if you drive under the influence of anything mm-hmm. and get caught and can't play baseball, then these are the pun- these are the penalties that we as the club are legally obligated and permitted to, to levy against you. Right? Like, if you cannot play baseball... 
because of something you did outside of baseball or inside of baseball for that matter, yeah. then what what is the recourse for the team to protect their financial investment, to protect their time investment, et cetera? You know what I mean? Yeah, and the only – I guess the only point of reference I have for that is guys calling for contract voiding with um, positive tests for performance-enhancing drugs. Like, sure. I know Justin Verlander has been really open about that. He's like, hey, one test, that's fine, maybe, but two, three – Void the contract. You've got it. And I think he was even calling for the first test, void that contract. Yeah. But the problem with that is, yes, a lot of people want that because that would be a major deterrent. Like, no matter how big your contract is, it can be void and you can be a free agent t- as soon as you come back from your suspension. Yeah. But you're not going to get that money back, you know? Yeah, and, no, no. But the problem with it is, is that the union is protecting against it. Of course they are. And they may be protecting against personal conduct policy issues as well. That's probably why we don't see that stuff. Yeah, but don't you think in a in, you know in, it, it makes sense? This guy cannot pitch for sixty three games of the twenty twenty season. Yeah, Seth, that's a that's a crazy amount of time that he is <laughs> legally now obligated to not play baseball. And support the club that he's getting paid by. Well, I mean, it's a pitcher, so that's like 12 starts. But Who cares? It's 63 <laughs> days. But yeah, it's a whole no. bunch of the season. Yeah, it is. If this was the same thing for a freaking second baseman, yep. right? Yep. This would be bonkers. Was it Addison Russell for the Cubs who got suspended for that? Yeah. Same thing? Yeah. So, yeah, if it was him, yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty upset about it. And I would be wanting to void the contract because, yeah, they're not paying him because he's suspended. But you've also got to deal with the fallout that comes after the fact. Yes, because he's gonna be a he's gonna be a social pariah when he comes back. People are not gonna want to see him. He will be booed. People, you know, Cubs fan or sorry, and, and speaking of Russell, but also the Yankees fans, they're not gonna want to have anything to do with him. You know, it's that be tough man. When Aaron Hernandez with the Patriots, when it was found out that he was a murderer, I know that's yeah, that's another level, but the Patriots were like, you know what? You don't have to have anything to do with him. We are going to completely wash our hands of him. They did a program, they did a day, or maybe even a weekend, where you could come in and trade your Aaron Hernandez jersey for any Patriots jersey at the team store. Wow. Did they really? They really did that. Wow. And I'm curious if any, if any major league team would ever do that with one of their players and you know obviously like i said murder that's a whole nother level yeah yeah for and not sure. just murder he was a serial he was a serial killer but well and good for them con- you know? convicted yeah but if they were to say we understand that this is not a guy that you pr- that you probably like right now so if you've bought uh her now jersey go ahead and come and trade it for another one come and get wow. an aaron judge jersey yeah I think that would be a big deal because that would be the team saying, we're going to pay you because we have to, but we're going to start separate. We're going to start distancing ourselves from you. Well, and we're going to put our stock in our fans. Yes. Right. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to remember who keeps us in business. Yep. (laughs) These are the people who are paying your salary. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to cater to them. See, and there should be more of that. Okay. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. I agree with you. I think this, they swung it. Just hard enough 
maybe a little harder could have been good. But I mean, I'm a Yankees fan, and I don't want to see Herman out that long. Duh. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like, hello, you swing the freaking hammer. So yeah, for reals, bring it. But there needs to be an out. Like the team's got to have an option. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we can end with that. That basically, what I would like to see as far as the next CBA. In addition, I mean, you know, we pretty much beat the dead horse <laughs> of the of the salary cap. But I wouldn't yeah. mind to see seeing salary or contract voiding for stuff like With that a, for a conduct policy violations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for PEDs and and conduct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. Okay, so moving on really quick. One of our uh, group members posted a question today uh, on the private Facebook group, the 9 Plus Us VIPs. It was Jason D'Agostino. He said he wanted to get some thoughts. Does he get a full-price jersey from Major League Baseball or one of their retailers? Or, for the same price... Does he go get a bunch of bootleg jerseys? <laughs> I, I, I did. Is, I laughed when I saw that question. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Well, I, it is funny, and I'll tell you what. I think it's a totally valid question that a lot of fans are asking. Do you go on? Well, I, I just to protect everybody, I won't name any of the sites that I happen to know of. But do you know? <laughs> we all know yeah. them. We all we all have yes. our own. We all Listen, have our go-to. That's right. I have I have emailed them anyway here's the deal do you what do you, what do you do okay do you as a fan is do, do you support the team because that's part of the equation uh financially do you think or is that beyond what your responsibility encompasses do you think um you know is <laughs> do you want to go to an offshore Location? Are you into supporting <laughs> small businesses? I don't know. You know what I Such mean? That like, it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to this, but it's real simple. Because you can, for the price of one officially licensed Major League Baseball jersey, get, I'm talking like five, six, whatever. Well, and, I, you can and get. my experience has been the more you buy, the cheaper there are. So if you're buying totally. that many, you could probably get six or seven. Dude, we did one year. We did Christmas presents <laughs> <laughs> for every damn buddy, and <laughs> and and it was all because I wanted one and Tiff wanted uh-huh. one, yeah. and then we were like, well, we can't get home ones without away ones, so we got one. <laughs> we got ended up being four, and, and then. And then we were like, well, since there's a bulk discount, well, who's everybody's favorite baseball team? (laughs) And we did end up buying like eight or 12 or something. I don't know. That's like a huge gap. But it was like eight or 10 jerseys. Oh, yeah, for real. They were all fine. They weren't fabulous, but they were great. You know, they worked out great. Yeah, yeah. So So that's why I'm asking. So, so I've been there. I've been there myself. Okay. So like when I was in, in college, my buddy and I were pretty much running an operation where we were like, we'd look at each other and be like, uh, I want to order a Jersey. How about you? Yeah, I want to too. Okay. So we, we were both working at Walmart together and we did the rounds. We walked around the store. Hey, you want to do an, you want to do a Jersey order? How much? I'll get back to you in 20 minutes, but can I count you in? Yeah, if it's affordable. Okay, we'll get back. Go around, find more people, because we knew the more we ordered, the cheaper it would be. That's right. 
So we went around and we would do orders of 10 to 15 jerseys at a time. We were yes. getting we were getting these bootleg jerseys for like 15 bucks a piece. Oh, and we would do this yeah. on the re- on a regular basis. And so I have some sweet Seahawks jerseys that you cannot tell the difference. Whoa. They look like they came from the team store. However, I have a Griffey jersey that I do not wear because it looks terrible. It's pretty shady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also got, <laughs> I ordered, um, I think I ordered, it was, I ordered another Griffey jersey. And what I got sent was a Mark Deshera jersey. No way. True story. Um, I ordered it right a, over here. Well, it's long gone. But I ordered another jersey another time. I ordered one for my dad. It came, it looked horrible. So I think that my experience has been about 50-50. And if I'm going to be spending that money anyway, honestly, I'm going to go for a licensed one. That's my opinion. That's because of my experience. Like, yeah, like I understand you can get a whole bunch for that same price. But if you get six, three of them might be trash. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I'm I'm not willing to take that risk, even at that price. Really? So yeah, I'm I'm I've gotten to where if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy the real thing. Wow. Okay, so how do you verify the quality then? Because that's almost impossible of the bootleg, right? That's the that's the real crux of the situation. You're saying is that if you mm-hmm. can't verify the quality of the bootleg yeah. jersey, then it's not worth your time. Yeah. Money. Well, and the thing too was that I was buying from somebody I quote unquote trusted i was on a mailing list with them you know so i was a yeah well i guess you could say like a top customer <laughs> with these people because we were doing this on a regular basis at the time so i i kept thinking that i was going to get these great jerseys and i did for a while but then eventually they stopped it's like right. it's like that first hits free you know <laughs> yeah that's how so, it feels right <laughs> yeah so they're like oh we've got them now we can send them the trash ones um but like I felt like I got burned just enough with that experience that I was like, no, I'm done with bootleg. Um, I'm going to go straight to MLB shop if I'm going to get a baseball jersey, NBA, and NFL, whatever, to get the get the ones that I want. That's pretty good information. Um, I just happened to have walked into a Lids and a uh, whatever the other one is that Lids owns that does all the jerseys, not just. Oh, is it the locker room? Lids locker. There you go, the locker room. Walked into a Lids uh, the other day, and the manager told me that because of all the changes between Nike and Majestic, that all the Majestic stuff is super cheap right now. Oh, nice. So he told me that I could get two regular Majestic jerseys, names, no names, whatever you want, for 90 bucks, For the same price, well, a little cheaper than it would cost me to buy one full price. Because they're usually 110 120 depending on where you go. And what kind do you get? Because there's a different, there's a different levels. Yeah, right. You get the cool base one or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But... But he said that you yeah. can go in right now. So here you go, podcast listeners. Like, go get yourself out and buy a majestic brand Major League Baseball jersey if you want the cheapest one right now. Right now is the time. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking on lids right now, and uh, yeah, they're cheap. This is a cool base for sixty bucks. 
See? Yeah, they're blowing them out. Yeah, so if you want a jersey, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, jump out there and get them. I guess there's some question as to what's going to happen with the caps. New Era still holds the, the contract for on-the-field caps, but nobody knows what that means for, for the fashion accessories and the snapbacks, by the way. So all of the, the, the stores, like the Lids and the Lids Locker Room, they're slowing down on what they're ordering in because they don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. So there's some inside information for everybody. That's good to know because I actually was looking on Lids the other day, um, and I didn't see I didn't see anything new. Didn't see anything yeah, no. new on the Mariners side, so I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on there. And I know that there's going to be a new spring training hat coming out pretty much any day, and I'm waiting for it, and I cannot wait. I'm hoping it's what I want. Yeah. <sighs> but you we'll want, see. Let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> you know. The whole world knows. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just yeah. going to leave it at that because everybody yeah. knows what I want. That's true. But... Everybody wants one of them sea yeah. unicorn, whatever they call them. Oh yeah, whatever. Everybody the, does want uh, a sea unicorn hat. That's the one, for sure. Yep, absolutely. Right. to get one of those. Check it out, podcast family. We're gonna take another quick break, and then we're gonna come back with an issue we want to talk about. Hey, babe, I'm headed to concessions. Do you want me to grab you something? Yeah, anything, whatever you're getting. Okay, I saw a burger. I'll probably grab that. Mm, no, that doesn't sound good. Okay, I think there's barbecue, probably some nachos. Uh, I don't think I want either of those either. Um, but just get me anything. What do you want? Uh, I saw a hot dog earlier. Okay, I can do that. Well, no. Couples may quarrel, but baseball is for lovers. Shop the Lovers Collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We are going to get into a topic that is hotly debated, something that is on the tip of everyone's tongue constantly. New fans have an opinion. Old fans have an opinion. We are going to bring you answers right now. Just kidding. But we are going to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we're going to bring you things that will uh, prime the thoughts. Not necessarily answers, but maybe we'll get you thinking a little bit more about it. There's more to it than you think, and the topic is how long does Major League Baseball season really need to be? Right now we have a 162-game season. I've heard everything from 158 to 152 to 142, okay? Oh. Yeah. So, Brad, let me just ask you this question first. It's a big one. This is the big question. Ooh, I'm ready. Is the season too long? Yes, it is too long. Is it too long in terms of number of games or in terms of actual calendar time? Uh, A little bit of both, actually. I'd say mostly games because it's impossible for anybody to stay healthy, unless your name is Kyle Ripken. Or DJ LeMahieu. Or DJ LeMahieu. Um, But... Cal Ripken. 90, 95% of the league can't stay healthy for 162 games. That's just way too much. Yeah. Um, And then the length of the season as far as calendar goes, I mean, we talked in August about how you're just like, I got to do something else. <laughs> Everybody feels that way in August. I mean, they call it the dog days for a reason. And I remember when I was working for the Ormals, 
and we got to August. We got to the middle of August, and we were just like, gosh, we still have like four weeks of this. Yeah. We kind of got to the point where we were like, okay, like we want you to lose so you don't make it anywhere in the playoffs because <laughs> we're ready to be done. Right. You know, and granted, working for working for a team and just going to games is two totally different things. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, and like we said, in August, you just get to the point where you're like, okay, these games don't really mean anything yet. Just got to get through it. What about you, Brig? Well, they're starting to galvanize in October or in August, right? Like, like we're headed into September where things are starting to finalize, right? So August is a weird time. Anyway, I don't need to wax philosophical about August. Here's, <laughs> I think for years I was like, don't change baseball. <laughs> and I meant that in every single way. And I I am now on the wagon. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I do feel like the season's too long. Uh-huh. Now, here's the deal. Of course, everything we do is we're referencing the fan experience. We're discussing the fan experience. That's what we're all about, right? Right. Everything. So we we but we do have to consider the other aspects of it. And that's, those are the things that we hope to illuminate for you as we talk about this. But from the fans perspective, I believe it's too long. And I think that it diminishes it diminishes what could be a higher quality baseball experience. I by agree. keeping it at 162. Well, and the thing is, with, with that many games, the value of a single game is so low. Like, I've always been of the opinion, you try to win every game. And I know everybody says, yeah, you try to win every game. But in the middle of May, a manager is not going to make the same strategic uh, changes or decisions that he's going to make in September. Totally. Right, because in May you're like, oh yeah, we're just kind of going. But at the same time, if you miss the playoffs by one game, that game in May, where, yep. I mean, I don't. <laughs> this may or may not have happened in Seattle. Uh, you don't put in a pinch runner for your <laughs> slow first baseman on first base who's the tying run. I don't know. In the bottom of the ninth, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that may or may not have happened <laughs> in May. Yeah, man. And then you miss the playoffs by one game. Just saying, it may or may not have happened. So listen, I I agree with you. I think everybody says, well, you know, give 110% every day. But you can't. Yeah. The players It's too can't. much. Yeah, it's too much to do that. Yeah, I agree. Now, for those of you that are wondering, oh my gosh, before you turn off this episode of the podcast, <laughs> li- 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 listen here, okay? We're not saying it should go to 13 games. No, don't make it an NFL-sized season. Don't even cut it in half to make it an NBA-sized season at 82. No. That's not what we're saying. But something in between 140 and 160 is absolutely reasonable. Absolutely. I don't think that cutting it to even 140 or 142 or whatever would diminish the fan experience much at all. I don't think so. Because if you cut Mm -hmm. 20 games out, you could just leave August out <laughs> it's like well here's the basically thing. the equivalent of august <laughs> here's what you could do is if you cut out 20 games you're bu- you'd bump the season back a month so yep. there's nothing nothing in the sports world going on in august except for mostly meaningless baseball games so True. if you cut out pretty much a month of games 
your pennant races move from September to August. You've got a bunch ah. of meaningful baseball. Interesting. When there is nothing going on but preseason football. Interesting. See, I was coming at it from the other way. I'm thinking if you cut that many games out of the season, why not avoid all the rain delays and snow outs and crap like that in April? Okay, yeah, you you could do that. You could do that too. But I'm thinking World Series snow games. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to see that either. That's a good bring, point. Bring the playoffs back to the beginning of October. Like You, you could still have your Mr. October, but your yeah. Mr. October is winning the World Series for you. He's not getting you there. He's winning it for you. Yeah, that's a true story. Instead okay. of having Mr. November, I don't know, okay. Derek Jeter, whatever. Listen, <laughs> don't tread on holy ground you're not willing to pray about, okay? <laughs> Listen, unless you can worship respectfully, you got to be careful. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so here's the deal. Why We could take 10 games into April and bump and move opening day back a little bit and and we could bring the playoffs up a little bit, and that might be the perfect window. Okay, so Brad, are you thinking 142 is the way it goes? Is that the best answer? I'm thinking so. I was thinking 154, but 142 might be the way to go. Um, my only problem, though, is that when you're going through spring training, I'm living for opening day. Oh, aren't right? we all? Yes. Like if, if Major League Baseball were to come out and say, oh, well, we're going to bump it back a week. Would you lose your mind? Yes. I would. I would, yeah. Well, why don't so, they move spring training? They have to. They would, yeah, but also pitchers and catchers typically report on my birthday. Happy birthday. Hello. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, okay, that's a pretty good birthday present. But if the season started April 15th and ended September 15th-ish, mm-hmm. World Series is over by the 15th or 20th of October. Very well could be, or they could give them more rest days and travel days so you have a better product, and you could still stretch it. Or, same number of games, fewer games, same number of calendar months, more rest Mm. days. Rest arms, rest bodies, rest minds. What about a couple of double double headers in there before a travel day? Like a a double header before a travel day. Or Saturday doubleheaders instead of Sunday doubleheaders. Yeah, see, so they that's don't have perfect. to do doubleheader on a travel day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like before yeah. the travel day, you do a doubleheader instead of a Saturday Sunday, and then sprint off to the next place. Go because, back to scheduled doubleheaders. I could do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I'm not Be- playing the games, but I could do that. Right. So. It- <laughs> okay, but we're talking about like these are real practical things that need to be discussed, right? Don't you think? Oh yeah, totally, absolutely. Okay, so the let let's slow down a little bit because I think we just like we well, kind of zipped through that. that. Yeah, but there's there are a few things to the 162 game season though. Yes, and that's what I was just gonna say. Okay, so 162 is hallowed ground. Let's be honest, um, yeah. because of statistics, because of performance based, you know, measurement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you brought now, now for those of you that don't know, the season has been 154 games long in the past. The 1961 season was the inaugural season of 162 game schedule. Everything before that was 154 games. So baseball statistically, right, like as far as like records and statistics go, 
there it 154 is not unprecedented nor is it even ridiculous because it it was around for a really long time mm-hmm. and that's the year Roger Maris hit 61 home runs in a single season to beat the babe and he wanted to do it within 154 mm-hmm. right. that's right but he he didn't right he got in uh I don't know what game it was, but he had he had 163 chances in that season because they played. Looks like they played an extra one. Yeah. So, but the point is, 154. Like historically, for those of us that are worried about the history, right? 154 is not unprecedented. That's the first thing. Okay. So if you move it back to 154, what does that do for statistics and records and all that? Um, I mean, any anytime anybody breaks a home run record, it's going to be that much more impressive. But at the same yeah. time, you almost have to do either in the that was that was a record for the 162 game era. You know, we go back yeah. to the eras again. We've got the dead ball era, the live ball era, and then we have the 162 game era. Yeah. Um, you've got that, but also you could do records based on rate, Ooh. which would be a whole thing. But I mean, you've got all the nerds in baseball now that I'm sure would love that. Oh, he's hitting home runs at a rate above what he was hitting in a 162-game season. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, things like that. So you could have that. You could and you could have, like, the 100, like I said, this 162-game era. I don't know. It depends on how they want to do it. But Well, okay, so let's talk about eras for a minute because if you just figured the steroid era alone, uh-huh. what – it, let's just go ahead and say, well, let's couple the steroid era with this 162 thing. Mm-hmm. Even though we're talking about 30 years after it began, we're dealing with the steroid era. But right. you could say, let's put the steroid era behind us and also go back to 154. I feel like that is not an unreasonable line in the sand where we are right now. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Right, that would like absolutely we could, make sense. We could say that. Mm-hmm. So we have to consider that if we move to a 154 season, things like the home run record, like you just brought up, mm-hmm. right? Pete Alonso did it in the 160th game of the season. Right, and so you take off mm, what Eight three games. home runs? Yeah. So that puts him at 50. But Aaron Judge would likely be in the same boat, though. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what game he he did it in, but it was sometime in September. Yeah, so you take off you take off five home runs from Pete Alonso. Wow. Sorry. Three. Three home runs from Pete Alonso. Oh, that's a little um, better. Yeah. But then the other thing too is that the the home run record stands for the yeah. for the season. Right. Um the all time home run record will likely stand. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe it will add years to guys' careers because they're not playing as many games in one year. That's a great thought. Um, That's a great thought. But on the other hand, you could say that was in the 162-game steroid era is when that happened. Right, right, exactly. So, so maybe yeah, there's a lot you can do to, like, quantify or qualify these statistics yeah. <laughs> because they do that now with the live ball era and the dead ball era. Yep. You know, it's the first time it happened in the live ball era. Oh, it's yeah. the first time it's happened in 110 years. Thank you for that. So let's talk about money for just a minute because I have an interesting detail here. <clears throat> this is reported on uh, MLBTradeRumors.com. 
the New York Yankees brought in $278 million in revenue just from ticket sales in the 2017 season. Okay? Um, they're pulling it from Statista.com. Oh. Now, if, if you remove... 5% of the game. So if you go from 162 to 154, that's 5% of the season in terms of games. Then let's say that's a 5% reduction in revenue just from ticket sales. Okay? That means mm-hmm. the Yankees in 2017 would have generated $14 million less from ticket revenue. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, and they've got to make that money up somewhere, and where it's going to be made up is ticket prices and concessions. Yep. Now, that's so, bad. That is bad. I was going to say that's the one downside of shortening the season is that nobody's going to want to take a pay cut, but the fans are going to be making up that difference because that's how that goes. Yep. It's going to roll downhill. Now, Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo talked about the pay cut thing, though. Right, a couple of years ago, he said, "Well, I'm willing to take a pay cut," but he's also one of the highest paid athletes in the game right now. Exactly, so, and he's probably one of the nicest guys in the league too, who actually yeah, has the interest sure. of the fans in mind. Very few guys do. Absolutely. Well, you know, who we should call and ask about this is Scott Boris. <laughs> Scott, I've got him on my phone. Let me get him for you. Get him for you yeah. right now. <laughs> call that fool. Let's find well, out Scotty what he B. thinks. Scotty B. Scotty B. <laughs> What's shaking, baby? What you think? <laughs> Should we move to 154? What you going to do? What do you think about this? I bet he wants 170 games. Oh, yeah. He wants them all. Yeah. Just because he wants more of everything. It doesn't matter what it is. So <laughs> <laughs> so back to the, this whole fan experience thing is, is what it comes down to for me. And it it sucks to go to a cold game. It's just hard. It's just terrible. I mean, you're, we're already sitting there and doing a whole lot. I don't like to do anything in the cold, though, I'll be honest. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. But we're already sitting there. You know, we, we know that the pace is a little bit slow. We got it. But mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, adding freezing temperatures. And it's like, no, right? Like, no. So if you can cut out some of that, at the beginning and the end of the season, I mean, that makes a lot of sense for the fans. It does. And so I I talked a little bit earlier about how there's more that goes into the schedule than just like the number of games and the, uh, and like ticket price and everything. So making a schedule, I I just want to talk about this for a little bit. Making a schedule, there is actually a format to it. Right. Right. It's a science. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, I've actually had the breakdown here. So you have, I'm going to use the AL West since I'm an AL West guy. Okay. So the Mariners play 19 games against each team in their division. And then say that this year their rotation is against the AL Central. Okay. They'll play seven games against each team in that division. And then against the AL East, they'll play six games against every team except for one game they'll, or one team they'll play seven games against. Right. And then you've got your interleague rival. Yep. Right, so the Mariners, it's the Padres because they share a spring training facility. So they play four games against the Padres every year. And then you take another interleague division, play three games against each team there, 
and four, except for four games against one of those teams in that division. That is how you get to 162 games. Okay. Okay. Tracking. That's a Texas size 10-4. That's so, Texas size 10-4. So, so if you <laughs> took out all interleague play, if we went uh, back now, it used to be that way. Right, there it did. There was no interleague play. If you took Into that the 90s. Back, yeah. If you took out, that's what, that's about 20 games, right? It's it's 16 games. Uh, 20, yeah, 20 games for inter, for interleague play. That would take you down to 144. However, I have a format that I have put together for 154 games. Whoa. You ready for this? Check out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually like this a little bit better because it kind of evens it out against where, or, uh, for teams that are in a really tough division. Like I've always said, the the best way for the Blue Jays to make the make the postseason in the World Series is to move to the NL East Yeah, because oh, they have sure. to deal with the Yankees and the Red Sox. And same thing with the yeah. Mariners. They're yeah. gonna, the only way they're going to make the – make the playoffs right now is that they move to the AL or the NL West. Right. Because of the stinking Astros. Yeah. But so you've got you've got sixteen games against your own division. That takes um takes twelve games off for those teams that have to deal with those juggernaut divisions. Okay. And then you've got seven games against another division. So the AL West would play seven games against each team in the AL Central. And then seven teams against uh, all the teams in the AL East, except for one team, there's six games. Okay, okay. so it just kind of it flips that, and then you've got six games against an interleague rival. So let's go to say I don't know the Yankees and Mets, the Dodgers oh, and Angels. For sure, yeah. You get two more games in that series. Two more games. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then you just. Even it out, three games against all teams in your interleague division. So if the AL West is playing the NL Central, three games against all those teams. One three-game series against all of them. Whoa. How do you like them apples? And that goes to 154. That's 154 games. Whoo, Brad. Now, if you, <laughs> I dig that. Now, if you were to add a scheduled doubleheader more frequently. Yeah. And allow more time for travel, right? More scheduled mm-hmm. days off. Yep. Whoa, dude. We could have something special going down. 154 could be really good. Could be really good. Yeah. And that's and that's only eight games. That's only eight, taking off eight yeah. games. That's right. It's only eight games. But you could take eight games off of the earliest part of the season with the worst weather. Or yeah, and you could take you could take four off the earliest games of the season, take four off the end of the season, and that bumps you bumps your World Series back just enough that you're probably not going to get any of those snow delays. Yeah, because yeah, those typically right. come the very end of the World Series. Yeah, if they come, they do. It's that's when. Yeah, and you're not going to get nearly as many of them in the in the beginning of the season as well. And I know sometimes in Minnesota at Target Field, you know, you it's the middle There's of no April still. It. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's Minnesota. But everywhere else in the country, like Seattle, it's it's gets chilly because of the rain during the summer. But when yeah. it's really cold in Seattle, is the beginning of April. Yeah. So you, you can take some of that stuff off there, and you can kind of account for it a little bit more. That's nice. So. That would make it easier on teams like Seattle's got to travel a lot too. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. I Ske- could with definitely double headers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. What do you guys think, podcast listeners? Do you think, like, are you irate? Have you already turned us off? Because you're like, 
<laughs> These people, are you kidding me? How can they be baseball fans talking about reducing the number of baseball games they can go see? Look, I have people in my life that feel exactly that way. So if that's you, <laughs> I got it. I heard you. Okay? Oh, and I get it too because I'm, I'm watching baseball every single night for, during the season, and I would totally. love to be able to go to that many games, but it's just not realistic. It's, just, it's really not realistic to watch every, every single night for me either as much as I would love to. Yep. So let me ask you this. Would you – how would this affect rosters, though? Because there's some speculation that if you drop it down enough and have enough scheduled intermittent days off, you don't maybe need a fifth starter either. Well, and hey, maybe that's how they make up for those the money from those games. Less money to go around, but less players to distribute it to. No, because they'll put a utility guy in there. They'll keep maybe. the bench – Warm. Oh, I was gonna say, what yeah. if they what if they make the the active roster at twenty four guys? Oh, you might ooh. instead of moving it to twenty six like it is this season. Yeah, yeah, make it twenty five. You've got, I mean, that's at least the league minimum. You spread five hundred fifty thousand dollars among everybody else for the season. Listen, while we're solving I'm sure the they world's turn problems, that down. <laughs> well, <laughs> spend a billionaire's them. money for them. <laughs> How about we just put a uh, royalty share program in, a revenue split program in the mix and do a salary cap? Okay, so we've beat that to a pulp for the last, like, month. (laughs) At least. Um, We'll never stop. We'll never stop. But I think this could be a really interesting thing. Now, this all comes back to the collective bargaining agreement stuff, and I actually have some information about that. Turns out that that was on the table during the 2011, I think it was the 2011 CBA negotiations. Um, And then again, I think it came up again in 2016 before they pushed it back, that the, the MLB did some investigation or whatever research into what it would look like to drop it to 154, um, mm-hmm. because they thought uh, this is being reported. They thought that the players association would come to the bargaining table wanting that. Now I agree with you, Brad. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the MLBPA. I don't think they want their players getting paid any less. And I think that is their top priority. Yeah. So that, if you reduce really the number the of number games, one. they might, they might get paid less, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's realistic. So it might and it, it would have to be otherwise, the fans are going to eat it. Yeah, because it, it's like what we talked about a couple weeks ago with the mailbag episode, where it's like, why can all these teams? Why can some of these teams afford to pay their players more than others? Because if you take eight games off the schedule, that's eight fewer games that TV that the TV networks are paying for. Yeah, exactly. And and so that's why you miss out on that money. In addition to ticket sales, right? Yep. Totally. But the TV, but the TV network's like, well, we're not going to pay the same amount of money. I mean, we'll prorate it probably, but yeah, they're probably not going to get the same as what they would get for 162. And that's part of the reason it's at 162. It's because they saw what was coming way back in 1961, I'm sure, with yeah. TV rights. Even though yeah, it was all tape delay, right. but still, somebody's got to pay to broadcast it. So Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. It's a good point. I like it though. I like 154. I kind of like 142. I think that'll never happen though. I think it's a pipe dream. 
Yeah, I think that's too few. It'd be nice because like what we talked about with uh, kind of bumping the, the schedule around as far as the months go. But yeah. I think 154 is the sweet spot. It's been there before. I think if it's going to go down and that's where it's going to head. Well, I think just think about all the arms we're going to save and all the injuries, right? Like, yeah, my goodness, we would have a much better product. It would be a much better experience if we could watch our heroes, you know, throw down every single day because they had enough rest. Yeah, it's true. I mean, well, and you think about this too. It's it's only like we said, it's only eight games. But if you go, um, if somebody's going every five games, like scheduled which doesn't really happen that much anymore. But if you're going every five games scheduled, that's 32 starts yeah. for 162 games. Um, you're taking two starts off that if you go down to 154. You're going down to 30 right. starts per season. And those two starts are going to add up over the course of a career. Yeah, agreed. But you'll definitely save some arms there. Love it. But like Briggs said, let us know, baseball family. Let us know what you think. Uh, share with us on – you can comment on the – podcasts you can comment on baseball together you can comment on our vip group if you're not a member search nine plus us vips and we will add you that's right don't forget to jump on the shop as well we got some great baseball gear t-shirts hoodies sweatshirts hats brand new set of stickers just came out and they're all some of the coolest designs in baseball right now so it's at shop.9plusus.com again that's shop.9plusus.com and uh, don't forget, the season's coming. It is, and I couldn't be more excited. We're under under 90 days. Oh, yeah, we're almost right? at, I think we're at 75 or something at this point. Oh, sweet. Sweet. Yeah, dude. Spring training's going to be here before we know it. So make yeah, sure you excited. get those, those T-shirts, especially if you're going to be going to spring training in Florida or Arizona. Represent the baseball family with your 9 plus s gear or baseball together you can stop at baseballtogether.com as well read about baseball listen to the podcast you can find us on youtube i know we've mentioned a couple times but we've got the podcast on youtube if you want to listen there Um, but baseball family be sure to like subscribe rate review let us know what you think and baseball family we will catch you next week